My name is Kevin Ward. I'm the program director of the Sports Animal Radio Network and ESPN Radio in Tulsa. I'm also a deacon at the Park Church of Christ in Tulsa in charge of all sports ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode of Suit Up. When you look at the life of Steve Largent, everything looks pretty good. In fact, it looks really good on paper. NFL Hall of Famer, past U.S. congressman in Oklahoma who served multiple terms. Successful businessman and TV pitchman, married father of four. Then you start talking about real life and one can see where Steve's relationship with the Lord has pulled him through some very tough times. My conversation with Steve Largent right after this. This is Mitch Wilburn, preaching minister at the Park Church of Christ, proud sponsor of Suit Up. I'd like to extend an invitation to you to join us for worship at the Park. We are a Bible-based church that loves the Lord and loves people. We have one service on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and that's followed by classes for everyone from newborn to 100 years of age. The Park sits on a rather large lot near the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike, and offers a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m., and Wednesday night we meet at 7 p.m. Our youth have their own building with multiple men and women leading them, and our kids, age 1 to 5th grade, have their own educational wing that even has its own working carousel and ice cream parlor. And I love both. Kevin, the host of this podcast, is in charge of our sports ministry that goes on all year round with basketball, volleyball, softball, great activities. So come see us at the park on the corner of Garnet and the Creek Turnpike or check us out on the web at parkplaza.org. So Steve, what I, where I'd like to start is really go all the way back uh, to 1954. And while a lot of people around here know that you were in Oklahoma City in your high school days, uh, don't know when you moved to Oklahoma City, because you were actually born in Tulsa. That's right. I was uh, I was born in St. John's Hospital uh, in 1954, and lived here in Tulsa till I was six years old. And that's when my parents were divorced, and my mom, um, just for moral support and financial support as well from her dad, my grandfather, uh, moved to Oklahoma City. And so I had at that time it was myself. I was the oldest child, and had two younger brothers. And uh, the four of us moved to Oklahoma City, and that's, that's where I ended up going to high school and, uh, and then came back, of course, to the University of Tulsa. We all know about football, and we'll get into a lot of that discussion as we go through this podcast because uh, you became one of the greatest football players to ever play, not only in the NFL but also college, and we'll get to that here in a minute as well. But let's start with your love for football, and where did that actually start how early of an age were you when you started playing i was i was nine years old when i first uh played football and uh of course you know uh loved playing football and i think really uh, as i think about it you know my my parents were divorced when i was six as i said and i think some of that uh aggression or anger uh that was pent up in me uh, found its full expression in playing football. And uh, so I, 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 I was a pretty darn good football player, uh, whether we were playing in the backyard, which we did a lot, uh, or playing, you know, in Little League football. Most of the time, Steve, when I'm talking with an athlete who has reached the kind of heights that you've reached when you look back at their uh, high school days or junior high days, too, 
They excelled at more than just whatever sport, you know, that took them to, in your case, the Hall of Fame. What, were there other sports that you played at a younger age, and did you excel at those as well? <laughs> it's funny you should say that because actually football was my second sport uh, in, in terms of uh, the love that I had for the game. Uh, the first was baseball. And I love playing baseball. We played baseball all the time after school uh, and and played on Little League teams and so forth. Uh, but that was really my first love. In fact, uh, at Putnam City High School, where I went to graduated from, uh, our senior year, we won the state championship. And uh, Bob Shirley was named Player of the Year, and I was named All-State Catcher. And uh, so it was really a, a high honor. And uh, my intentions were to go to the University of Tulsa and play both football and baseball, as I had in college. And uh, my freshman year, uh, the coach that was there, um, he got fired. And the athletic director, who was F.A. Dry, uh, named himself the athletic director and football head coach. And he called me into his office uh, right after the football season was over and I was preparing to start playing baseball. Uh, and he said, look, Steve, he said, next spring, we're going to have a real competition for the other wide receiver spot. Uh, and so if you want to compete for that position, you can, but if you want to play baseball, that's okay too. And so <laughs> I, I kind of took that as a kind of a threat. And so I elected not to play baseball and uh, played, played football but uh, really, baseball was my first love. People who know anything about the University of Tulsa are like shocked uh, that they once had baseball at TU. And I don't know if it was in the 70s when that sport was dropped or in the early 80s. Do you it remember? Was in the early 80s, because they, they still had football uh, when I played there. And, and not football, baseball when I played there. And, and they were a team that was always a threat to go to the uh, World's College World Series. Uh, they had gone, I think, two years before I got to school there and were always a threat to go back. You kind of glossed over the the, uh, the fact that uh, that battery at Putnam City was Steve Largent and Bob Shirley. And uh, folks who will, will remember, Bob Shirley actually was a Major League Baseball pitcher for multiple teams uh, for several years. And, in fact, uh, he resides in Tulsa now. I don't know if you guys uh, – ever get a chance to get together but it sure would be fun to to watch you guys have a catch <laughs> well bob bob has been a close friend of mine since we were gosh we were probably seven or eight years old maybe nine years old uh he, he his family lived very close to my family and so we were kind of buddies uh playing baseball through little leagues together uh oftentimes on the same team and uh, Bob was just a, a great guy and a great friend. And, yes, I knew he was in Tulsa. And, uh, in fact, Bob Shirley, Steve Largent, and Alvin Adams have been named to the Putnam City Schools uh, Hall of Fame, which they never had before. They just instituted this this year. Uh, but uh, we're going into their Hall of Fame the first year of his ex ex existence and that'll be a fun time. Uh, that's yeah, that's uh, the end of this month, August thirtieth. Now, were you in the same class there at yep. Putnam? Same wow. class. So did you did you play basketball too then? No, I didn't play basketball. I, that was that was beyond me. <laughs> but I played baseball and uh, and football, okay. and Bob just played baseball. And and I guess that Alvin just played uh, basketball. 
Well, actually, Alvin would tell you he also played tennis. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that was just his uh, senior year he played tennis, too. Mm. But uh, Alvin was uh, a great basketball player at Putnam City. That's interesting. And of course, uh, not too long after that, the the school district would start breaking up until it became a three-school district as it is now in Oklahoma City. So let me ask you this, Steve. Let's go back to uh, your early years and talk about your faith. And when did you start really understanding about God and, and um, what kind of prompted you to begin that relationship? Well, it really happened uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. And I would say it was due large part to the young life leader that uh, led clubs uh, for Putnam City High School. I started attending those and uh, really enjoyed them. And uh, his messages were always thought-provoking. And uh, he developed a you know a real uh, strong personal relationship with me. His name was Scott Manley. And uh, Scott became just a close friend and had, had been a close friend now for years until he passed away. Uh, four or five years ago, and uh, but he's the guy that really sort of turned the light on in my life. But I actually uh, prayed to receive Christ at a uh, at a uh, revival uh, that was held, and uh, the guy just gave a great uh, word picture, and uh, I, I prayed to receive Christ that evening. And really, my life hasn't been the same since then. It wouldn't. It wasn't like it was a radical change in my life. Uh, because it wasn't. It was a it was a slow, gradual, positive, continuous um, change of direction for me. Steve, you talked about playing football and being able to get some aggression out. Um, it, it's not well documented, but it certainly is documented that your uh, stepfather, who came into your life, was uh, at least I have read the word abusive, and you can certainly clear that up. But talk about maybe that also being uh, a time in your life where you saw maybe there was a different direction that that you wanted to take your life and the kind of father someday that you wanted to be well i was nine years old when my mom remarried my stepfather was a chronic alcoholic in fact he he died an alcoholic uh, unfortunately and uh, he uh, wreaked havoc in our house. He, he really was, he was a fairly passive alcoholic drunk, uh, but there were times when he uh, would threaten and yell and scream and throw things, and uh, he became a little more violent. He was not violent to my mom uh, very often, and uh, certainly wasn't violent to me uh, at all. But um, he uh, he he was he was uh, difficult to live with, to say the least. And I just remember crying myself to sleep, oftentimes, uh, and and thinking, man, when I when I get married uh, and when I'm grown up and out of this house, I will never act like this. And uh, I remember crying myself to sleep, oftentimes, uh, saying that too. Let's let's fast forward a little bit here. So you go, you graduate from Putnam City high school, and um, the college offers aren't exactly, uh, you know, rolling in, you know, one per day. Talk about the recruiting process and why you chose Tulsa. Well, there were, there were several schools that recruited uh, me from Central State, uh, which is what it was called at the time. It's all called what Oklahoma 
University of Central Oklahoma. University of Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. Central Oklahoma right now. Uh, But they recruited me, uh, Wichita State, um, TCU recruited me. Uh, Arkansas kind of gave me a look, but uh, not for long. Uh, OSU recruited me, uh, and then the University of Tulsa. And um, it was my grandfather who really sat me down and and talked to me about the University of Tulsa and the advantages of going there and the education I would get there. Uh, And he really liked the school and and had followed their uh, sports for a long time uh, growing up in Tulsa before he moved to Oklahoma City. And uh, I I just, the one thing that he said was, of all the schools I was looking at, Tulsa was the one that was throwing the ball the most. And uh, as a receiver, you know, that, of course, is what, you know, I wanted to see happen. Uh, And I really wasn't a guy that wanted to go to a school just because it was a, uh, a famous school or a competitive school or whatever, uh, and and block for somebody else. I wanted to catch the ball. Did you have so, aspirations of playing in the NFL no, at that time? Not Steve? at all. I never even gave it a second thought. I was trying to go to a school that I could play and get my education in four years, and uh, then go on and get a job. Uh, you know, there wasn't anybody in my family that had ever been to college before, uh, so I was going to be the first one. And actually, I, I didn't come out of high school with great grades either. Uh, in fact, I'll never forget, there was a, a counselor of mine uh, who called me in for my uh, annual uh, visit. And uh, she said, Steve, I've looked at your grades, and uh, in my opinion, uh, you, you really don't, you, you're not a qualified college student. <laughs> you need to go to junior college or a, uh, you know, a, 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 some kind of training school. And uh, so I really, that really fired me up. Uh, and so I just said in my heart, I, I know I can do this. Uh, I'm going to put out some effort and uh, try to be a more accomplished college student than I was a high school student. And I think I effectively did that. You obviously defined, because you didn't redefine a position in the NFL. You defined a position in the NFL. <laughs> Was that position being crafted at Tulsa, this possession receiver, where the guy is not the fastest, he's not the biggest, um, he uh, maybe doesn't have the, the, the best vertical? Um, was, were you able to hone that particular skill at TU? Well, the skills that I was able to hone were really at, at the uh, request of Jerry Rome, who was my uh, college coach for three years uh, and then went on to become my uh, professional coach uh, for as long as he was in Seattle. Uh, he was the guy that really taught me a lot about the game and uh, how to run routes and how to get open and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I really credit Jerry for uh, my ability. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that when you say, even when you said it just now, uh, and referred to me as a possession receiver. Uh, I, I had 819 catches in my career in the NFL, which at the time it was quickly uh, eclipsed by uh, some some uh, pretty great players. But uh, at the time, I, I caught the most passes of anybody in the NFL, and my yards per catch as a possession receiver was 16. <laughs> so I averaged 16 yards per catch. Uh, and now, if you catch 100 balls in the NFL, you're going to average about six or seven yards per catch. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, but you know, so so I I, I was a possession receiver, but I, I felt like I, I also used that to my advantage uh, to get behind some defensive backs and, uh, you know, hit some pretty big passes. So let's go back to 1975, because you, you entered the NFL draft in 1976 uh, after your career at Tulsa is over. Did you meet Terry at TU, um, and um, how long did you guys date before you got married? Terry and I started dating when we were juniors in high school. Um, she was uh, the, the the cheerleader, and I was the football player, and uh, we were just a, uh, a a natural couple. And uh, it was really her parents that uh, uh, gave me some some very positive guidance just by their behavior and the way they acted and the way they loved one another and loved their kids. And uh, so it, it was not just my relationship with Terry that was impacted. It was my relationship or understanding of how a family operates. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I met Terry when we were freshmen in high school. Uh, so we were just 16 years old. We both had just turned, well, I turned 16 and she was about to turn 16, uh, when we had our first date to a sock hop after a football game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we've been married now for 44 years, going on 45 years in January. And uh, she's still the love of my life. Because a lot of a lot of husbands do this. I know I did with my wife. Now I was I was a little different because I was thirty before I got married. And but it was very important for me to find a Christian woman or at least a believer that I wanted to start a family with. Was that something that you also saw in Terry, and that was important to you? You know, I I I don't know. That I definitely that I that I had a, a particular um, any personal any personal qualities that I had to qualify a uh, a woman, uh, but I knew Terry uh, loved the Lord and she was she I, I, I met her saw her uh, throughout you know the days of young life and in, in high school, um, so I knew there was something different that I loved about her. Uh, but I'm not sure that I really had that checkoff list of things that I have to have in a wife. Uh, I just knew that I loved Terry and wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. It probably was just one of those things that uh, that came with the whole package, and that's what exactly. made you fall in love with her. But you were also, what, 20, 20 21 when you got married? I was 20 years old when we, we got married in our, uh, the, the January of our junior year. So did had she followed you to Tulsa, or, or did she yeah. was she off somewhere else going to school? No, no, she followed me to Tulsa, and of course she had she had great grades and and always had great <laughs> grades. Uh, but she she came to Tulsa, and um, and uh, I'm glad she did. All right, so let's move on to your uh, getting ready for the draft. Um, you end up going. This is 1976 in the fourth round to Houston. And um, and then you got traded uh, in the preseason to Seattle. You never even dressed out for Houston. Walk us through what happened um, with the Oilers and and how that trade came about. And and did that was that damaging in any way for you? Yes. Uh, it, well, it was in Bum Phillips' second year as head coach of the Oilers, and uh, he just 
he had a bunch of veteran players uh, that had eight, nine years on under their belt already, and uh, there, there was no uh, pre-training camp uh, education for first-year players. So there was never an opportunity to go down there and you know start throwing balls with the quarterback or uh, learning the routes or learning the defensive backs and how they played. Uh, none of that. I just uh, I worked out with Howard Twilley up here in Tulsa. Uh, we ran sprints and we ran routes uh, for one another and would throw the ball back and forth. And uh, I got in great shape, but I went down to Houston really uh, without a clue of what was expected of me or what I needed to know. Uh, and you know, I think I think my uh, my coach uh, he was not used to coaching rookies either, uh, and so it just was it was just a bad fit for me. And uh, after four weeks of tra- uh, training camp, actually six weeks of training camp, we had two weeks with no games, and then we had uh, four weeks of games. Uh, but you know, after after those six weeks. Um, you know, I just knew that uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't looking good for me. And Bone Phillips called me into his office and said, "Steve, we're going to trade you now and give you a chance to play with somebody else." And uh, all I heard him say is, "Steve, we're going to cut you now." Just blah blah blah. <laughs> because I was I was so focused on making that team and expected to make the team. I was the second draft pick, even though I was in the fourth round. They took Mike Barber in the second round. They didn't have a first-round pick. They didn't have a third-round pick, and then it was me in the fourth round. So I thought, well, for sure I can make this team being the second-drafted player of the whole team. And uh, that, of course, did not turn out to be true. But they, uh, they, they put me on the recallable waivers list, and uh, San Francisco and Chicago both uh, showed some interest, but Seattle was the one who said, hey, we'll give you an eighth-round draft choice. But that was because Jerry Rome was in Seattle jumping up and down, screaming at these uh, at his scouts and personnel people, saying, we got to get this guy in Seattle, uh, and if you don't get him, you're crazy. And they had been he'd been doing the same thing before the draft, and, of course, they didn't listen to him. Uh, but they said, well, we'll, we'll spend an eighth-round draft choice and see uh, if he can play in Seattle. And so they... Uh, traded a draft, eighth round draft choice, and I went to Seattle, and I was really despondent uh, when I went up there. I thought, you know, I, I thought I could make the team. Uh, I didn't make the team. Now I'm going to Seattle, and I didn't even think about the fact that that Jerry was there, or that he was he had installed our whole passing game in, in Seattle's offense. But I, when I went out there and and, and got out in the first uh, practice, uh, Jim Zorn threw me a couple of balls, and uh, I caught him. Actually, I, I dropped the first two passes through to him, and it gave a bad impression to Jim. But, uh, you know, Jerry pulled me aside and said, hey, listen, just do the stuff you did at Tulsa, and you'll make this team. And him saying that and, and kind of, um, you know, just encouraging me, just is like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And uh, so then I, I, you know, I, I just said, I'm going to do what I did at Tulsa, and I did, and that was good enough to make the team. And so uh, that really was uh, a real uh, breakthrough for, for me and my uh, pursuit of playing in the NFL. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, 14 years later, you were a seven-time pro bowler, first team, uh, three different years, second team, four different years, uh, NFL man of the year just a year before you retired at the time you retired you were 
the the leading pass catcher in the history of the game, number one in yardage, number one in in uh, receiving touchdowns. <laughs> so obviously it worked out pretty well for you in in Seattle. Um, I got to ask because you know you you were raised in Oklahoma and then spent such a great deal of your life in Seattle and now back. You've been in Oklahoma, been a politician here in the state, and also living now in Tulsa again. How do people in Seattle, what do they think of Steve Largent because of the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, being what, probably in their eyes, being stolen from the uh, Seattle and moved uh, to Oklahoma City? And you've got these great ties with both uh, Seattle and Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't talk about the thunder when I'm in Seattle. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't. So uh, that's a forbidden subject. But, uh, you know, hopefully here in the next year or two they'll have their own team again. But, uh, yeah, that that, that was uh, very disappointing in Seattle to lose the Sonics. Uh, and no matter where they went, uh, mm-hmm. just to lose them was, uh, was, was not good. Uh, so I don't try to associate myself with that decision <laughs> at all. I mentioned that you were uh, in politics. You were a uh, a member of the House of Representatives. What for? What eight years here in eight Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Uh, reelected three different times before you ran for governor and lost a very close race in 2002 to Brad Henry. You and Terry have four children, and uh, I, I want to just bring this up for the listeners to this podcast who are also fathers. I know I've had some turmoil with children because none of us are perfect. And I know for me, it was, it was you know, going to the Lord and asking for guidance and wisdom to be able to help them. And you don't have to be specific about the incidents, um, Steve, but, but talk about when you had issues with your adult children uh, and how uh, your relationship with the Lord was able to help you and your family survive those. Well, uh, to, to be honest with you, uh, the trials and tribulations began before our kids were out of our house, uh, with Kramer being born, uh, our fourth child, uh, was born with spina bifida. And uh, that was a, a devastating blow to all of us because, you know, I was an athlete and I had three healthy kids and I was getting ready to have my fourth and I was excited about that. And uh, then he was born and the doctor said, hey, we got a problem here. And they whisk uh, Kramer away and take him to Children's Hospital up in Seattle. And he has to have surgery the next day to close the hole in his spine. And, uh, and they said it was going to be a lifelong medical concern. Uh, with Kramer and, and uh, his life and uh, the, uh, the spina bifida that he had. And so that was a real challenge to me and my wife. Uh, so we had to uh, really uh, exercise our faith uh, at that time and, and uh, just put the trust in the Lord and uh, know that he's, gonna, uh, he's capable and willing uh, to uh, work all things for good. And so I would say uh, now, uh, Kramer's 32 years old, and he's married. Uh, his wife's a doctor, ironically, and, and uh, on a, uh, a fellowship right now uh, in uh, eastern Kentucky, uh, and going to be back in Oklahoma before long. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really worked out well, and, and uh, it, it was just one of the, one of the ways that the Lord uh, showed us uh, his power, his might, his sovereignty uh, in Kramer's life. But, uh, you know, we, we've had four kids, and they've all had issues. 
whether it was losing a job or, um, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, you try to uh, stand closely with them and, and help them uh, any way you can. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, sometimes you, go, you have to go through hard times. And uh, I think, you know, my, my story is one of going through hard times, allowing those hard times to season your life, uh, to make you a better person, to make you a bigger person. Um, and uh, I've seen how it's worked out for good in my life. And so, you know, when my kids are going through hard things, I'll try to help them as much as I can, uh, but also with the mindset uh, and, and the vision of the Lord's working in their life, and there's no doubt that uh, they'll be a better person if they can hang in there. Uh, than they would be otherwise. Steve, thank you so much for your time and for being a part of uh, this podcast on Suit Up. And uh, you and I have had an occasion to talk several times over the last few years with my Italian with the Sports Animal, and you've always been very gracious to us uh, on the uh, Sports Network and now uh, gracious uh, with me on this podcast. And I know this is going to be an inspirational story for a lot of people to hear, and I appreciate your honesty and your share. Well, no, no problem, Kevin, anytime. My thanks to Steve Largent for being a part of this podcast. Please give us a five-star rating, and don't forget to download more episodes of Suit Up on podbean.com at suitup611.